There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Tomorrow marks the 35th anniversary of Oliver Stone's Vietnam War masterpiece, Platoon, which went on to win four Oscars, including Best Picture. I spoke with the film's antagonist, Tom Berenger, when he came to the GI Film Festival in 2017, as well as memories of his role as catcher Jake Taylor in the baseball comedy Major League. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jason. I'm um, I'm glad to be here. How many years have you been coming out to the, the GI Fest, or is this the first year? This actually is the first year. Uh, I was going to come up to ride with a Vietnam vet. Uh, my wife and I were going to ride in the, the parade with the vets, and um, we thought we'd do that at least once in our life and experience that. And, well, then it just happened to turn out that this was happening at the same time, and I got invited to this. So, yeah, they're a little bit interconnected, you know, with the veterans, um, this, this film festival. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just kind of a happenstance, but here I am. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we dive into the into the festival, tell me a little bit more about that. You guys are, are you're all, you're, you and your wife are, are going to ride your, your motorcycles with Rolling Thunder? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Have, have you done that before? No, I talked to a Marine general friend of mine, and, he said, oh, you're going to love that. He says, you look back behind you as far as you can see. Same thing as far ahead. I don't know, half a million bikes maybe, something like that. I don't I don't know. Wow. So um, that uh, that'd be kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I would say. What, what, kind mm-hmm. of, what kind of bike do you have? Well, we both have Harley Street Glides. Okay. Mine's 14, hers is 15, yeah. That's awesome. Where do you guys usually ride? Do you ever go out to Sturgis, or where's the, where do you usually do? We have been in Sturgis. We were in Sturgis last year, and we are coming back again this year, only like a, a kind of an invitation by um, Rod Woodward, uh, the famous Woody of, of the Buffalo Chip up up north of Sturgis there, a little bit out of town. And, um, and he's like kind of hosting us, and the director, uh, Carmen Cangelose of a film we did called American Dresser, which is about, oddly enough, two vets leaving Long Island and riding across the country to Oregon and back. That's so awesome. Well, that's that's mm-hmm. really cool. But, but explain, compared to those other events, this Memorial Day, you know, Ride with Rolling Thunder's got to be just that. I mean, that's got to, it's just going to give you goosebumps. Explain why, why that, why is it so important that you guys wanted to come up and take part of that? Well, it's a, it's a bucket wish to some degree, and um, 
and, and we'll know a few, a few of the people in it. Um, so it just sounds like it would be fun. I hope it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> May not be so much if it rains real hard. <laughs> You'll roll with it. You'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll roll with the thunder. You hope it. <laughs> yeah, you'll put the thunder in the rolling thunder. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And the thunder mm-hmm. rolls. Oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's dive into the festival a little bit. So um, you said this is your first time coming up for this, but uh, I know you're – I'm pretty sure there's there's two events with you, right? You're, you're going tonight, Wednesday night, you're going to this thing on Capitol Hill, and then um, also on Saturday there's this cinematic salute to the troops with, um, I guess, Judd Nelson from Breakfast Club and Jamie Kaler, the mm-hmm. comedian. Um, do, you, do you know what to expect from each? Like, I guess let's go one at a time. What, do you know what's going to go down tonight on the Hill? I know I was supposed to say a few words. Um, <laughs> wish I could just sit around and have a glass of wine. But, <laughs> uh, no, no, got to yeah, got to pay the piper, I guess. So right, right. I'll have to say something to them, and um, I yeah, I'm going to talk about how disappointed my uh, I was in my congressman and, and senators uh, from my state that they that I couldn't get into West Point. <laughs> <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two other guys from my class did too. I couldn't believe that. What's yeah. wrong, what's up? What's wrong with you? Come on. I don't know, but a lot of, a lot of held in anger about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um, you showed so them. I never became, you know, an army officer, and I ended up um, a soldier of the cinema. <laughs> Hey, well, we'll take it, man. Well, speaking of which, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you're asked about it all the time, but you're going to go down in history for platoon. I mean, I, a why'd you have to do Willem Dafoe dirty like that in that movie? <laughs> it depends on whose point of view you're looking at. It. <laughs> true, very true. Yeah, <laughs> that's so great. But just, I mean, all I these. Found years... that the, I found that the vets were not so judgmental about me. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's actually mm-hmm. a good way to look at it. But man, if you yeah. when you look back at that movie, I mean, God, all the careers that were launched, Charlie Sheen and Johnny Depp is in that movie. Forrest Whitaker's in that movie. Corey Glover. John McGinley. And, God, yeah. Keith David and you Keith and David. Willem yep. Dafoe. Oh, my God. Not to mention Oliver Stone's career. So just talk yeah. about it. Like, well, I, I actually, I, and I worked with Keith David on that story about the two vets that go from Long Island out to um, out to Oregon. Right, right. Exactly. He's He's like... He's, we're like the two guys. We're like <laughs> friends, and we're kind of on our last leg for different reasons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but just talk about, you know, just sort of that, that before we move on Platoon, just sort of that movie's, you know, the the legacy. I mean, the adiage of strings is just, like, heartbreaking and such a stark reminder of, of you know, the, the horrors of war. Yes, yes. Um, and you're, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up that adagio to strings because that, that this, here's a classical piece written in 1924, and Oliver grabbed it, used it, and it, I, I hear it sometimes, like just every now once in a while, and it just makes you want to cry when you're driving down the highway or something like that. You're by yourself. Yeah, Do you, we fought it. What's the line in the end? We fought it. We fought against ourselves. Yeah, yep. it, it brings yep. it all back, man. Yep. Um, all right, awesome. Transitioning from that, though, um, I guess a non-war movie. Were you and Charlie Sheen cast in Major League because off of working together in that movie, or is it just totally coincidence? You know, I I, I don't think so. But it, it was we were like the first two people that David Ward casted, um, and I never really asked him that. After all these years, I still haven't asked him that. Um, I, I should sometime, but. Uh, 
He, and, and, you know, and Charlie was, uh, Charlie called me and he says, are you going to do this? And I said, yeah, I think it's great. Don't you? It's hilarious. He <laughs> said, well, I do. I do. I just wanted to check and make sure. And I said, yeah, I'm in. Okay. I'm in too. I uh, said, great. And Charlie, I remember the first thing he threw to me was, um, he threw 10 pitches. Okay. Yeah. And nine of them were on the edges of the strike zone. So and, and one, one was a little wild outside low. And, um, and that was the first 10 pitches. So he, he had really, really good control. He was, he was a good baseball player. So he could paint the corner. So it was, he was literally just a bit outside, like not like the movie. He could actually hit the corners. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, and I think on his best day, you know, I think on his best day, he was throwing about 89, 88, 89, something like that. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's great. That's what I was guessing. You know, I, I caught a guy with the Savannah Cardinals, um, was minor league for St. Louis, and I caught him one day. We went down there and practiced with him, and I uh, I caught this pitcher, and and um, he was he threw ninety four. So I'm judging by that. <laughs> That's great. I mean, yeah. it is it is like that movie still to this day is like pee your pants funny. But I also think the reason it works is like it's it doesn't it doesn't build up to the big dramatic you know home run off the off the lights and all that. It's, it's a I love that you drop down the bunt. How awesome was <laughs> yeah. that when you read that in the script and say, hey, I get to drop a bunt down to win this. I know, and I, I got it on the first take too. It was like a perfect drag bunt right down the third baseline. Um, <laughs> and and you know, and of course, like well, they're going well. Well, this guy, he's a catcher. He's, he's in his last couple seasons. He's slow, you know, because catchers do slow down because they, they shorten their um, uh, hamstrings. Yeah. And um, and so he's not, he's not going to beat out a grounder. And that third baseman backs up, backs up to the edge like, you know, okay, I got all the time in the world here against <laughs> this guy. And I, you know, I kind of do all that Babe Ruth stuff to make it look like I'm swinging away. <laughs> and... Um, and it's just a little little bunt, and you see him. You don't hear his voice, but you see you can read his lips. He goes, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> he sees that bunt, great, you know, lollygagging down the third base. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. I think didn't yeah. you, didn't you guys shoot? I think you shot the sequel up at Camden, Camden Yards when it was pretty new in Baltimore. You should take the Harley up there and and pay tribute. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna well, be here. Uh, we've been on the road. We were we we did five days at Bike Week, and, and then we and then we were like a, a couple of days in the in the Outer Banks, and, and then we drove through the rain. We have bikes on a trailer. Yeah, thank God. And we drove through the rain all day yesterday to get here, and um, checked in the hotel and just sort of oh, collapsed. Um, and then we got to drive all the way back home to South Carolina. So. I, you know, we got a long, yeah, we got a long haul back, and I've got to go to Ireland in like, man, I don't know, like six days after I get home. Oh my god, so seven days, and that do another job. Yeah. Ireland's a rough mo- motorcycle ride across the Atlantic. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't mind doing the west of Ireland on a, on a bike. That'd be kind of cool. Absolutely. But you are riding on the other side of the road, so you always got to be aware of that. That is true. Well, we're, yeah. we're, we are, I mean, you and I could go tangents all day on driving down bunts and, and motorcycles, but bring it bring it back to the military stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Gettysburg, what was it like shooting that movie, man? That must have been... Well, cr- no, it, was, it, it was just sort of awe-inspiring, I, and I feel very lucky to have been in that because I, I, I think there's only like, I don't know, two good Civil War movies, and it's very, Civil War is very, very, very difficult to do. Mm. You know, I feel Gettysburg kind of, 
kind of said it all, you know, like the book that it was based on, The Killer Angels, which won the Pulitzer Prize for History in 1974, um, history, historical fiction, excuse me. And, um, I, and I said, well, here it is. This is the one chance to do this. Uh, and, and it was pretty awe-inspiring. I, I, I mean, all those reenactors in there and stuff. Uh, we had 5,000 infantry for Pickett's Charge. We had 50 cannons with five-man crews. Uh, you know, there was, there was Buford's cavalry on the first day of battle. And, it, 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 you know, we actually got chills in the heat. <laughs> and you got chills under those wool suits, you know, being in those. And, of course, you got the drums and the fifes playing and everything, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that... but I remember I remember when, when they go, fix bayonets, before Pickett's Charge, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'll click on, and it's like 5,000 bayonets click on down along the tree line in three columns. Yeah. Woo. Oh, goosebumps under the wool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... You get a kind of feeling... I mean, well, of course, they had fear, of course, you know, but you get a kind of feeling like, whoa, wow, yeah. this is something. On oh, the same thing up on, on Little Round Top, you know, where Jeff Daniels is his chamberlain, and it's like he goes, all right, enough of this nonsense. We got to attack downhill. Mm-hmm. They got to be exhausted, tired. They can't keep this up, but we're going to attack them, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, man. And they fix bayonets and they charge down. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It really is, man. That was a different time, man. Holy cow! Oh yeah. Um, yeah but well, you, aren't you? Um, the, the we talked to the festival director of GI Fest, and he he says you you're pretty much a military buff. He said it's he says it's nice when when not only do the it's like you know the celebrity sizzle that comes in, but that the guys are really into the subject matter and the history and really want to watch these movies. So how did you? Was it just your own service? That is, is that what sort of sparked it for you, or is there a certain certain time of military history that you, that you really love researching? Or no, no, no. I mean, I, I feel fortunate. I've done the Mexican War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, and World War II. I don't know if I'm going to be around long enough to do World War One and the Revolution, you know, <laughs> or the War of 1812, but that would have been great. But, you know, I did a, I did a lot of them. So um, I'm, I'm happy about that because I, I did enjoy all of them. That, that's so awesome. So why should our listeners come out to the, the cinematic salute to the troops on, on Saturday night? Um, I know it's, it's, a, it's a star-studded lineup and a couple awesome little uh, short films that they're going to show as well. But, you know, why, why should we come out? I mean, there, there really is no more important thing that we can do than pay tribute to, to these vets and troops uh, this weekend in particular. Yes. And, you know, it's, I, I'm thinking back on some stuff like uh, – uh, uh, an old friend of mine was uh, Max Cleland, who was a senator from Georgia. And, um, before he became a sen- uh, senator, he's not now, but before he became one, he was uh, appointed um, head of, of the Veterans Affairs uh, by Jimmy Carter. And I know he, now here he was in a wheelchair, you know, a triple amputee, and he was racing across the country Um and just doing sneak attacks on veterans' hospitals, going, all right, enough of this. This needs to be cleaned up. This is a, this has to be done. He would just, they never knew he was coming. <laughs> so it, it was like, whoa, officer on the deck, inspection, woo, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how he would do it. And, um, you know, God bless him, he had the energy to do it. And so, it, it, you know, it, it, it goes on and on, and it's always going to be around, and you got to take care of him. And it's like... Um, Napoleon tried to do it with his troops, you know. Right. 
he was big on veterans. He even provided some college educations for kids and and widows funds and stuff. And that wasn't always done, you know, back in those times. Um, I, I mean, and soldiers many times are more volunteer than professional, uh, but. It, it wasn't always done um, many years ago. People just walked around. After the American Revolution, there were, I mean, people don't know this, but there were a lot of kind of crippled people and people that had lost their farms while they were fighting for so many years. That was an eight-year war. And they lost their farms. They lost their jobs. They Some of them lost limbs or, or you know, just had problems, uh, you know, from campaigning for so long. And... What did they get out of it? Well, not much. Jefferson got them some land over in the new areas up to the Mississippi, and most of them sold them off to land speculators because they needed money right away, but at least they got something, you know. Right, right. Uh, and the Romans Romans were real good when they finally became a professional army, you know, under Augustus. Would they finally provided farms in the new lands like North Africa and stuff like that for, for their old you know, non-coms and NCOs and and whatnot, and, you know, took care of guys that had spent their life in the Army. That's fascinating, sort of what it says about each of these societies and civilizations, how they mm-hmm. each take care of their, their warriors. That's a, it's fascinating looking, comparing it history like you just did with Augustus. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then take it to, you know, back up to like Vietnam era, you know, and a lot of those guys felt neglected when they got back. So I'm glad. I don't know if it was like a post 9-11 thing where that sort of started shifting and, you know, it started honoring the troops more maybe around then. But um, but yeah, I'm glad to see events like this at the GI Fest doing this. Um, talk about sort of how, how these guys, a lot of the, the cool thing about this festival too, is that it's, it's movies by veterans that some of them are now directing movies that are in this mm-hmm. festival. Yes. Is that a, a rare thing in, in the film industry or is there more crossover than people think? I think it was. I mean, I think Oliver was sort of an exception. I, I, I know when I started in the business, a lot of the, um, there were a couple directors that had you know, were were veterans of World War II, um, and maybe Korea. There there were first assistant directors that were veterans, and they were very military the way they ran their operations, which was great. It was great the way they did it. Right. And then they all started, like, either dying or retiring or this, you know, and they started disappearing. Robert Altman did um, something like, I don't know, 35 to 40 uh, bomber runs in Southeast Asia, you know, over into China, like fighting the Japanese and stuff. Yeah. Um, this is before before Mash, you mean? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, that's so great. Yeah, well, actually, and I know, I know, in like the Golden Age, you know, back in World War II, I mean, I know a lot of those guys like William Wyler and George Stevens, William and Frank, w- right. Frank Capra, they went over and they shot, you know, the films for the like the yeah. Why We Fight kind of stuff. So, is it well, real? I, I can't, re- I don't recall his name, but that movie, The Big Red One, I think, with Lee Marvin or something. Of course, Lee Marvin was in, got wounded at um, Guadalcanal with the Marines, but, uh, um. He was with the first division when they landed at D-Day and stuff, and and fought across France and into Germany and stuff with the first infantry division. And um, that direct, and there was a director, you know. You talking about Sam Fuller? Mm-hmm, Sam Fuller. God, right. what a good filmmaker, man! Pick up on yeah. South Street, man. All right, we could go all day, but um, awesome. Well, I just love that you appreciate military history and movie history and motorcycle history, the three M's, uh, all at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Awesome. Well, just in closing, we'll let you run. We know you've been more than generous, but just in closing, why why should we come out? I I think there's a real variety of different stuff there. You know, they they do. You know, 
I, I when when I asked Brandon Brandon Miller, the, the director of this, I, I said like, now do you do comedies? He goes, yeah, we'll do comedies. You know, I can't tell you how many of these might be. Um, I said, um, he says we do foreign films too. I went, really? <laughs> wow. Okay, that's cool. Because um, there's some pretty good foreign military movies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Awesome. Yep. Tons of variety. Cinematic salute to the troops with Tom Berenger. Sir, you're more than generous with your time. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the all the great movies and, and memories uh, through the movies. We, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.